Hi, welcome to another episode of Life Changers, um, where I'm going to talk a little bit about myself and how I guess I was, as I would say, programmed as a young kid for the, the beliefs and that I had about work and business and stuff like that from my point of view. And uh, yeah, then we'll get into the thick of it. I just want to start off by talking a little bit about, I guess, as I mentioned earlier, how I was programmed. Um, so at a young age, I would, uh, you know, try to get my parents' attention like any kid does. I'm number seven out of nine, so I'm one of the younger ones. But my father, I always observe, observed him working that he worked a lot of different jobs. Um, he was delivering pizza for a while, and uh, I used to go with him sometimes and you know, sit in the car and drive around with him and watch him deliver pizza. And I thought it was so cool. And sometimes I'd stay going to the restaurant when it was slower. We weren't driving around too much. And I'd uh, hang out there and talk to the owner of the place. And he would always feed me, nice Greek guy. And uh, I would always ask a lot of questions. And my dad would be like, you know, stop asking too much questions. But to me, it was fascinating. And I remember learning how to make pizza. And then I'd be like, oh, then you put it in the oven. Then why do you turn it? And, you know, very uh, being like, methodical and how things are done and i always ask my dad like dad you know why are we so poor if you work so hard you work at this pizza place in the evenings and then um you work another job and at a hotel being like the maintenance guy during the day and you know we should have a lot of money and i would blame well you know maybe we don't have so much money because there's a lot of us <laughs> there there's seven at the time and then they had two more after and for sure, that would keep us poor. And the one thing I realize now, but back then, is my dad would mention a lot to us that, like, you know, no matter how hard you work, son, you're always going to work hard and do your best. That's the way I, you know, I was raised, and that's the way I want you to be raised, is you give it your all. And he would always say, you know, rich stay rich and the poor stay poor. And that was where it would all started, my pre-programming. And I remember as I was growing up that my dad started his own company and it was uh, with vending machines. And back in those days, in the early 90s, late 80s, uh, vending machines were on the uprise where you put them in places and they can make hot coffee, hot soup. You had the chips, pop, the candies, as well as the sandwich machines and a lot of different ones. And my dad started, yeah, his first company with the vending machines. And I'd go around with him and help him out and learn a little bit about the business. And I'm like, well, clearly now, dad, we're rich, right? You own a company, right? And he goes, no, son, you know, I'm going to work hard, do my best so I could take care of my family. But the rich stay rich and the poor stay poor. And I was just like, well, that's not fair. Like, no matter how hard I work, like, I'm going to work super hard. So I started at a young age, started telling myself, well, I'm going to be a hard worker. Whatever I do, I'm going to give it my all and then some. Sure enough, I just wanted to start making money. So I started doing, as any kid would in the old days, is deliver newspapers. And if anybody doesn't know what that is these days, well, Google it. <laughs> and yeah, I deliver those on Saturdays. Um, I only do Saturdays. And back then, I thought $10 delivering newspapers for five hours was a lot of money. <laughs> And I'd get paid every two weeks, just like any other job. And I would give it my all. I would work hard. And on my newspaper route, there's a guy I met who makes gumball machines. And I was like, I really want one of those. I'm going to start my own little business. And I'm, you know, 11 years old at this point. 
And I talked to the guy and then my dad's like, hey, what's the hold up? And he comes and sees me talking to the guy. And, and uh, I was like, dad, I want to buy one. How, how much money do I need? And the guy was like, $75. And I was like, well, I guess I'll get that in eight weeks. So two months of work could get me a gumball machine. It gives you five gumballs for 10 cents. So that was my first adventure. And we, my dad helped me set that up with his vending machine. I had the one gumball machine. And I was like, well, people aren't buying. I'm not getting as much money as you are. So I would think of little promos I can put in the gumball machines. And then one was put a little special coin. And if they get it, they call my dad. And then they tell them they got it at what location it was at. I'd go ahead and give them a prize, you know, something you'd buy from the dollar store or give them um, a bag of candy that cost me a dollar. And that's the reward. And it, it upped my revenue. And I was like, see, dad, I'm going to get rich. He goes, well, son, you could think that. But where we are, it's we work really hard to stay poor. I'm like, that's just not fair. I started thinking outside the box. Well, I'm going to try to beat the system. I don't want to be poor my whole life. And without realizing how, you know, I just started thinking outside the box and working really hard so I can become successful. In Quebec, it was called Prime de Luxe and in, in, for English. And I think in Ontario, they had it called Amway. So where you have a catalog and then in the catalog, you have all these random products and you can sell the products and it'll tell you how much it would be to ship by area and you look where your area is and you got to remember i'm still in elementary school <laughs> grade six and i was like yeah i'm gonna promote this push this because i want to show my dad that poor can be rich and i would go to the mic school had a whole bunch of catalogs hand them out to the teachers to kids on the bus and say hey give it to your parents and then sure enough people started ordering and they're bringing cash or checks and then I soon realized that I can make even more money because my dad would pick up his supplies for his vending machines next door to the warehouse where all these products were being shipped from. So I would look at my dad and be like, Dad, when do you go stock up at the warehouse? And he's telling me, well, I'd go Mondays and sometimes Wednesdays. I said, great. I'll give you all the orders I get throughout the week. And then on Monday, you go pick them up and I'll give you $20. And he's like, okay, well, it'll only take me like 10 minutes or so. I was like, well, it's $20. And you, okay, son, if that's what you want to do. And I'll take all these orders. But that would up my revenue probably like I about 30 35% because everybody's paying for shipping and handling. Well, now I just pay my dad $20 and everybody's paying an average of you know 15 to $20 for orders and then I would give my dad the 20 he'd bring me the orders I'll bring them on the bus hand them out to everybody so now I found a way to up my revenue another way to think outside the box I got pretty busy doing that where I was making some decent coin as a kid in elementary school yeah so that was one of my first business experiences eventually I ended up selling my client list realizing that a client list was worth good money and then I sold that to a guy who was one of the top tier of Prime Deluxe uh, catalog selling back then. And I gave him the client list and he gave me money. And then from there, I started buying into vending machines and taking over, like buying out my dad's vending machines and other vending machines and starting my own little adventure as I got a little bit older. Then at 16, I started driving. And it always stuck with me that my dad, no matter how hard we work, 
would always tell me that we're going to be poor. That's unacceptable. Everybody should be successful if you want to. And you always hear a lot of stories of people that say, I was told one thing and I'm going to do the other. Growing up in Quebec, I'm French Canadian. I speak French and English. And then in elementary school, I started going to uh, English elementary school so we can better learn English without realizing I was in these special classes every now and again. The teacher would come in and say, you know, Mike, come on, come with me and we'll go into a, into a room and then they'll teach me math and English and reading and writing and ask me questions um, and stuff like that. And I did that through elementary school. And then when I, I got to high school, um, same thing. I was pulled into what I affectionately call the Bobo class because <laughs> uh, my English grades weren't up. So, you know, brought me with there. And then I come to find out after all these years, they pretty much labeled me as unteachable, that I'm not able to learn, but they don't want to ruin their school grades. So I ended up on the NA program, not applicable, which means if ever I failed the course in high school, I'll get an NA, not applicable. And well, that brings us to a story of how I got into the honor rolls with a 90% average for a kid that they thought was unteachable, got 90%. It was great. It's a funny story how it worked out. I got 100% in in gym class, phys ed, and as well, I got 90% in drama class for acting. And that was my total grade. I failed everything else. I started skipping class. I started, why do I need an education if I'm, they treat me like I'm not going to learn anything anyways. So why bother? I remember one time the teacher's like, you know, Mike, you should just give it a try. Try it. Here's an assignment. So I tried really hard. It was an English assignment and I wrote it up. I got one of my sisters to read it over and put things in red that I needed to look up or change for grammar and stuff like that. And I really tried really hard. And I remember handing it into the teacher being so proud. I said, I worked really hard on this one. And the teacher looked at it, read it a little bit. F. I was like, why? She's like, well, clearly you didn't write this. You probably got one of your older siblings to do it for you. No matter what my explanation was, it was, nope, you fell. NA, not applicable. So I was like, well, if school is not applicable to me, then why should I try so hard? Pretty much was labeled that I wasn't going to be successful at life, that I'm probably just going to be flipping burgers. And a fun fact is, well, I did flip burgers <laughs> while I was in high school. I started working at Harvey's Swiss LA combo off the highway between Quebec and Ontario. So it was a pretty busy location. And, you know, at that point I was, I'm going to be the best burger flipper I can because I want to. And I still had my vending machines. It just didn't need to fill them up every day, right? Just go fill them up once a week. So I'll do that on the weekends because I was determined to be successful and prove my dad wrong that poor can be rich. So I was working, flipping burgers. At first it was hard, and then as any job, you work really hard at it, and you become fast at it. Then I was able to flip the burgers, make the fries, and as well as serve the chicken for the Swiss chalet part, because it was all like fast food window. And I was able to do it all and start being quick, to the point where in a very fast time, the owner of the establishment was like, hey, do you want to be shift manager? I was like, yeah, that, that sounds like fun. Do I get more money? He's like, yeah, 25 cents. I was like, 25 cents? That's a lot of money. <laughs> so I got my 25 cent raise and I became shift manager. 
I remember this one time where I was working. It was a late shift, and a family came in and they dined. They were from out of town and they ended up leaving. And while we're cleaning the the tables off, we found an EpiPen box and it had their name on it saying, "If found, please contact." So I called them saying, "Hey, just letting you know, you guys forgot your EpiPen." And I like if it's really important to you. I'll drive to wherever you guys are and bring it to you. They're like, well, we're kind of far. We're six hours away. I was like, well, if you really need it, I have no problem driving three hours. If you drive three hours, we can meet in the middle. And they're like, no, we have backups, but at least we know where it is. Thank you very much. And there's an address on the box. I was like, yeah. He says, if you can mail it to that one and tell me how much it costs and we can send you some money. So I went out of my way and did all that and sent it to him and thought nothing of it. I went back to being the best damn burger flipper and shift manager I can be. And then one day the head office came, corporate office came and they want to talk to me. Oh, what did I do? Did, did my teachers call them and tell them that I'm not supposed to be promoted and that I should just be a burger flipper? <laughs> and all these things are going through my mind and and they're just like, hey, did you go out of your way to help this person that left their EpiPen? And they're like, why? Well, wouldn't anybody try to help somebody? Like, you know, just here to help each other. And I want to help people. And I saw an opportunity to help somebody. You know, we're closing, so I'm not going to let them be without it. They wrote a letter saying how amazing it was that you were willing to drive oh, three hours to give it to them. And that... They offered you money when they were going to pay you extra beyond the shipping cost. And you're like, no, 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 just pay for the shipping. We want to promote you to our ambassador of like how an employee sh should be. And I started touring throughout Quebec, go above and beyond. And that was the whole promotion. We have to go above and beyond. And I kept that with me like, yeah, no matter what job I do, we should go above and beyond. Treat it as if you own the place and then you'd work harder. You'd respect it more. I would be careful when I'm working in the kitchen of the restaurant that I would not drop French fries all over the floor, or drop French fries in the, the oil, not in the basket and end up losing all those because I was like, well, if I own this place, I don't want to lose. And then as I came back after my little promotion thing, I started meeting with the owner of that establishment and I was like, I want you to teach me. He goes, teach you what? I said, I'm really interested in business. I said, I want to help people. So the only way I know to help people is if I own a business and I can give them a well-paying job like you gave me an opportunity to prove myself and work and earn and you give me raises. And I said, you own more than just this restaurant, don't you? He says, matter of fact, I do. He goes, we repair large equipment for mining operations uh, i own a hotel and i was like well i want to learn i want to see learn what you know don't you think you should just work hard and get through school and i said no he goes why for me i work hard in school and then they say well it's better work than you've ever done so you must have cheated somehow the most efficient way is to learn from you learn from people who've did it who's done it and then he looked at me and goes okay but you're not going to learn and be able to do exactly as I do and be as successful as me. Yeah, I'm going to figure out what you do good and that I like and apply it to me. And then what I think you don't do right, I won't apply it to me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, 
okay, you know, here we go. You got a joker here. But no, I was serious. So I hung out with him. I went to other jobs with him and other things he used to run all over and the different restaurants he had and just learn what he knew about business. And I took all the good stuff from him. And I remember him telling me going, it's going to be hard in life. And especially in business, this is a different beast than anything you've ever been used to. But he goes, whatever you do, always be honest where you can sleep at night with both eyes closed. And I laughed and said, isn't everybody honest in business? And he's just like, well, you'll soon find out. At that point, I go, I was hooked. I was hooked. And that's what made me want to start my own company. Being able to help people would be, for me, I thought the only way I could help people is if I own a big company, make it successful, and I can start hiring people and pay them more and above what they're worth as long as they work hard and, and show that they're going to go above and beyond. And that I always wanted that company where people go, wow, you work there? You're so lucky. Because I thought it was the coolest thing in the world to be able to work at a place that respects me and where I respect them. And I know that was one of my first jobs working at that place. And as I worked other jobs, I come to soon realize pretty quickly that some jobs are just to get you to the next step of your life throughout my journey. And I'm still going through my journey. Don't get me wrong. I'm not all, don't have everything figured out, but I'll bring you up to speed throughout the other episodes where you'll be able to see how I learned and failed and had a lot of success and how I achieved those different things. Well, thank you for listening and we'll stay tuned for the next episode.